podcaster. I hardly know her. <laughs> uh, hey guys, my name is Megan Bryant, and this is the I Hardly Know Her podcast. I'm an entrepreneur, a single mom of four young kids. I'm a comedian, an improv trainer, and an award-winning author. As I've been going through life, I've learned how much I love to share my stories, listen to others share their stories, and find connections of cool people doing cool things all around me every day. This is a podcast where I'm going to be all over the board. Personal growth, professional strategies, and my perspective and experiences on a lot of different topics. So join me, Megan Bryant, and let's keep in mind that we don't have to be a big deal to do big things. Hey, hey, listeners, Uh, this was a super fun episode to throw together for you. Um, The second half of it is actually a recording from a live stand-up comedy show that I did recently, Um, and it was a ton of fun. I just, uh, sometimes when I'm about ready to throw in the towel, then um, I get to do some shows that make me go, oh, yeah, that's why I love doing this, and then I'm back to like, oh, my gosh, why is life so insane? Um... So yeah, kicking things off though, um, just some meanderings through the mind of Megan uh, about comedy and where I look for inspiration and, and why I just have to have such a strong why, you know? Why do we do any of this? And it's super, super, super um, fun for me to remind myself just why I love connecting people through comedy so much. Uh, so I hope you enjoy. Hey team, let's talk comedy for a minute. I have been watching some reruns of one of my favorite shows because it's all on Netflix. And uh, and sometimes I like to just get in the groove with um, the writing, just listening to really good writing and timing and how jokes are structured in, in seemingly everyday uh, scenarios. So See if you can guess uh, what show I've been watching. I'll, be, I'll play it for you on my Melodeon, which I've also been practicing this weekend because I want to use it more in some upcoming uh, shows and stuff. So, okay, guess, what's, guess what I've been watching, guys? Here we go. I can't play it perfectly. Um, anyway, if you don't know what that is, then you're dead to me. Uh, so great, great show. I got to just address a few things um, in the space of comedy because it is so freaking critical to life. And there, I would say there's not a wrong way to do comedy. Um, however, I feel very strongly that comedy should be used as a connector. I'm an advocate for using it as a way to connect people. And sometimes people use a comedy to be jerks. It like gives them permission to say mean things and call it comedy. Um, like sometimes you, I'm sure you all have someone in your life where they're like, they say something kind of rude 
like a backhanded compliment sort of thing. And then they'll be like, what, can't you take a joke? <laughs> you know the type. Um, or uh, just sarcasm in general, which I use sarcasm, especially with my close friends. Uh, it can be kind of a negative space, though. So I just think about it a lot. Like sometimes people's pers- perception of what comedy is supposed to be um, is it's it's different for all of us and we all have different things that we laugh at which is just really interesting to me in the stand-up world so last week when I really got to stretch my legs do some stuff um, at the local club that I haven't really done at like a level 10 Megan like full-on just craziness. I love to pull faces. I very much am an act out type person. Um, and I move around the stage a lot. In fact, I get nervous about even taking the microphone out of the stand because I'm afraid I'm going to like yank the cord off or swing it out in the audience and hit someone in the nose. Um, because I move around a lot. And, and also in the stand up realm, it's a lot of self deprecation. Like people want to buy into, being comfortable with you as the friend on stage, the goofball on stage. And and when we point out the things that um, are silly and ridiculous about us that are also relatable, it kind of levels the playing field. Um, so for me, I, I'm a woman. I'm a mom. I'm a um, I'm in a season of my life where I'm feeling like I'm a little bit older, but I'm also not that old. Um, essentially, where wherever we're at in life, that's where comedians need to play. And I know there's not a ton of female comedians um, comparably to, is that a word? Comparably? In comparison to the male counterparts. And so it's interesting to see if I can get men laughing as much as women, especially when like I have a whole set of um, boob jokes and that pun was not intended a whole set of I got a whole rack of boob jokes anyway man Um, and so sometimes it might for me it kind of feels like it goes a little bit long sometimes Um, but the women were really roaring this last weekend and it was a lot of fun because I got a chance to really play and then some some guys um, there was a couple of comments where the guys are like, oh, my wife totally laughed so hard at your stuff. And I was like, well, did you? And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, I did. It's not really, it doesn't really apply to me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, as long as you laughed, then we're good, right? Because if your wife laughs and we all laugh together, that's a win. And sometimes guys forget, like, they're just so used to seeing male comics a lot that they're used to having the things that are super relatable. And so having to switch gears a little bit and... Um, have a woman on stage is it's a fun it's fun I love it um, the energy with stand-up um, is a little different because it's more exposing again it's a lot about like me and and where I'm at in life and um, and I am such a positive optimistic person um, and I teach improv with a positive mindset that it feels a little bit counterintuitive to be in a mode of self-deprecation and to be in that space of um, what kind of can have a little bit more of an air of negativity. Plus, um, I don't really say a whole lot about divorce. I mentioned just a teeny bit. I take total ownership over 
Um, the fact that I am sure I was um, not always this amazing wife, uh, despite my best efforts a lot of the time. And then some dating jokes because I've never really dated before. So it's like brand new to me. I dated a teeny bit in high school and had a serious boyfriend then. And then got married pretty quickly and didn't really date a whole lot then after I broke up with that boyfriend in high school and moved out of my parents' house into married life. And uh, a 16-year marriage and 18 years later total, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am like almost 40 and trying to figure out dating. And so that's kind of the space that I'm playing in right now. And some of it maybe sounds a little funny. Like there was a group of young, early 20s, some gals at one of the shows and and all they know is the dating apps. Like that's normal for them. It's dating apps. It's not even dating websites. And I'm like, man, when back when I could have been in the dating world before I got married, like that was just when the internet was becoming popular. And anyway, so, but it's fun. And so finding my own voice in how to um, be goofy and, and put my guard down and, and let people into my little world and be just like crazy Megan without scaring people into uh, questioning my mental stability. Um, so it's been fun. I Why am I even bringing this up? Um, mostly because I just, um, I think it's just becoming even more important to me as I keep trudging through uh, this career choice um, to really, really understand how valuable, valuable comedy is and how important it is that we have um, the release of humor. And also, I find that it's a space where I get to be very, very respectful of my audience. I am so grateful for people who take their time to come to my shows. Um, I really appreciate those efforts and the support I have from friends and family who have come to many shows over the years and supported me on this journey. And, um, and it's really cool. It's cool that people make a choice to come out and, and laugh. And so I have an improv show I do each month as well um, at the club, and that's a different vibe. And we get to be more interactive with the audience and... Um, and as you might remember from some previous episodes, improv is about making each other look good. It's about giving each other gifts and being positive and being in that moment together and building on the last thing that was said. And it's really a, a positive, fun place to play. And stand-up is a little bit um, in a different in a different realm and it kind of messes with my head a little bit to toggle between the two. Um, either of them work to get a laugh though and that's what is so rewarding. The thing that I um, recognize too where comedy can really be related, like the actual act of comedy um, can, can relate to some of the ways that people interact in real life. When I think about how hecklers come into play, it... Um, it's very apparent that some people are hecklers in real life. That is where the bullying comes in. That's where the people that they think their opinions better than others. They're not wanting to listen to your point of view. They are already set in their ways a lot of the times. They're the people that are like, you can't take a joke. Da, 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 da. I was just kidding. I didn't really think that that dress made you look fat or whatever the thing is. They are doing a lot of the backpedaling and stuff. And what's crazy is they don't 
recognize that they are the problem. So through the course of the weekend last uh, last weekend, there was a couple of different hecklers. Uh, the headliner actually walked his first um, heckler ever. Not and not walked. That's the wrong term. That's when people leave because they just think that you're a moron and they they don't dig your stuff at all. Um, this was where he put someone in their place and they were being um, pretty overbearing with their opinion and they were removed from the show. What was interesting is just to feel the energy of how people will rally like villagers. I've, I probably have used this reference before. This is one of my favorite ways to describe things, the way that we attack people and then we move on to the next thing. It's like villagers with their pitchforks and their, uh, their torches, right? So the comic comes out, super funny guy. He's Mormon. He's um, doesn't really tell a lot of Mormon jokes. He just mentioned that he was Mormon. He was in town during Pride Week, and he was like, hey, how do you guys like living in Boise? And someone that had been talking through my set as well was like, oh, it's fine here, except for there's too many Mormons. And he had not even started telling jokes yet. And he was like, okay, wait, hey, hang on a second. Um, he... Uh, here I am just asking how things are going. You're, and you're already judging based off of that there's too many Mormons. You can't have a good day in, in Boise because there's too many Mormons. And then she said something about, like, well, you're not even being funny. And, and well, he hadn't even started telling jokes yet because he had already been attacked. And he's like, well, you know what? I'm Mormon. And you're already judging me with just stepping out on stage. And, and then he recounted how that morning he had spent time down over in our downtown where there was um, festivals going on. He's like, I just was celebrating humanity and, and out hugging other people and celebrating the initiatives that are going on with pride. Um, and, and then here you are being intolerant. You're being intolerant about me because of a difference of religion. And, and ultimately they got kicked out and then he felt really bad. Then what was interesting when I was talking to him after the show is he was like, um, or no, no, no. I was talking to my sister who was in the show, um, watching the show. And she was like, how funny it was that people rallied really quickly to this woman. And they're like, there's too many Mormons. And they're like, yeah, cheering and clapping. Yeah, there's too many Mormons. Let's get them. And then he's like, now hold up. You are being intolerant. <laughs> And then they're like, yeah, you're being, you're being intolerant. Get her out of here. And just how quickly people shift and like go with the pop, what's popular in the moment. And there's just a lot of different lessons to be learned. And, um, I'm recognizing now that uh, here's what's funny. I actually made some notes for this podcast to try to keep my train of thought. And I knew it was just going to go all over the place anyway, because comedy is, it's so funny. It really is. It's the way people exist it's um it's all around us it's something that can really be a powerful tool to connect us and when we, we laugh i mean laughter is even contagious if you have a group of people that's why it's obviously beneficial to have an audience sitting nice and close um and being as as close to the energy of the comedian as possible and then once one or two people really get into it that laughter becomes even more contagious for the rest of the room and and the energy of a group of people laughing is the, is just magical um i think that it is important though to be able to look back at your own the way that you interact like what are the things that you think are funny 
what do you laugh at? Are you laughing with people because of commonalities, because of those things that you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I totally get that. That happened to me. Or are you laughing at people? Um, I'm going to actually finish up here in a moment and, and throw this over to just a snippet of one of the recordings I did of my shows last week. Because I will tell you this, that even though I have been doing this for a long time, I get really nervous and I question my own abilities and if I should even be doing this and oh, I'm not, maybe I'm not that funny, oh, you know, I get in my head and then I listen back reluctantly because I hate listening, listening to myself doing comedy, um, much like I hate listening to myself talk or do any type of video thing at all. Uh, and, and then I finally listened back to um, a couple of the segments and and I'm like, holy crap, they're laughing. There's, there's, that's me talking in the recording. And then there's laughing. So it must work. And it's exciting for me. And it, it doesn't take very much for me to feel re-energized and be recommitted to laughing and, um, and making people feel good. And, and seeing the looks on some people's faces as they left and high fives and hugs. And I sold some of my books even. It was super fun. And one of the nights we had a lot, there was like 10 or 10 or 15 people, I think, uh, the host told me, of people who had never been to a stand-up show before. It was their very first one. And that was exciting and a a huge honor. And um, this is why I cry a lot and I just get really emotional. Well, it's just because how I am. But it's something that I really, really take seriously. And I just want people to feel happy and feel good about who they are and and sometimes when I do go a little off the rails uh and am a little crazy I'm like hey you you know maybe some of you can laugh at these jokes and other you know other people you might just leave here feeling better about yourself because you're not me being a psychopath on the stage and either of those is a win for me Switching gears here, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, this next section section is a segment from a live stand-up comedy performance. Uh, And keep in mind that I did mention I am a very animated, uh, highly physical performer, and so you'll just have to use your imagination um, as you will hear a couple of moments where people are still laughing and you're not hearing me say anything. Uh, That's because I'm just acting like a goofball, and people are totally digging it. Just for 
around cities and then other times I'm right here where I was born and raised in Boise, Idaho. What's up, native Boise? Right here. Any other natives? The rest of you are from California? I spent 10 years working in retail banking. I did a lot of loans for people coming up and getting their homes in Idaho after they sold their mansions. Anyways, uh, not about that. Uh, what's interesting though, uh, and just to be clear, Austin mentioned that I was voted Boise Weekly's best local comedian, not funniest. <laughs> They're real careful about the liability. They're like, no, we don't, we don't want to have to. We don't want letters to the editor. You said, excuse me, I read recently that this was the funniest. And she was, eh, you know. <laughs> see, much, much better. And then, because you know that's what people will do. Everyone's waiting to just complain. Yes. It's also a little awkward because this is a small town, right? And especially when you've lived here your whole life. And so sometimes people will come to my shows, and then I'll see them out in the community when I'm just trying to live my life. And they'll be like, hey, I saw your show. <laughs> You're trying to deposit my check, Randy. <laughs> now I'm self-conscious because you're leaving me nothing with any additional information. Guess what, Randy? I just have to close all of my accounts today because I can't see you again without knowing. It just gets really awkward, you know? Uh, it's, it's a nice place to live, though. The last several years, if you guys have been around, you know, we've had some like long, abnormally long winters. Right? You guys remember a few years ago we had snow again? Yeah. I remember it vividly. I was still a breastfeeding mother at the time. Every time I tried to pump it came out like soft serve. Some of you remember, remember a former meteorologist here in town. He had this viral video of Ben Crosby. Remember him? He sells vacuums at the Best Buy now, by the way. Sorry about that. Viral video where he was like, "All right, listen up, everybody. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna be in crisis mode. You gotta batten down the hatches. You may not be able to leave your home for five, seven days, which was scary. I couldn't get out of my cul-de-sac for several days. I'm like, we're like hiking to the store. It's no joke. Like the the shelves were empty, and you really start to recognize what your priorities are when you're in a crisis mode. Because like I got to the check stand, and my cart had reasonable things like milk." Bread, cheese, lady in front of me had a case of wine coolers, a piece of wine, a full of Slim Jims to ride out the store. I don't think they're wrong, they're just different types of priorities. I just observe those things. And then, of course, now we're changing into this nice, delightful warmth of our spring and summer season. And just like the changing of the season, so did my giant. Rock hard nursing breasts start changing into the season of present day of just the, you know, you know, it's a lot like so many whoopee cushions that have gone before. And then just deflate into the remnants of the buoyant female I once was. I'm trying to say it. Out of Brazier anymore is kind of like trying to put one on one of those like air tube wobbly arm guys that are outside of a car dealership. It's like, 
was like yeah. way over there. My brain was like, I saw just a little bit of poise. <laughs> so it was even worse because it's like at the end of the shift and someone just unplugged the machine. So <laughs> solid closer. Uh, no matter what other jokes you uh, throw in, you always want to make sure you start strong and end strong. This is a joke that I have been using for several years and it is becoming more and more relevant in my personal life uh, and it is one that I know will um, always get a laugh and so I closed out my show with this and now I'm going to try it out as the closer on my podcast. I ate a lot of cat food as a child. <laughs> what can I say? I love cats. I was under the impression that eating a large amount of cat food would turn me into one. And I have no reason to think my sister would lie to me. Ugh. Obviously it didn't work. Turns out the side effects just take a little bit longer. As I'm growing into an adult, I can see a little more each day that I'm turning into a cougar. <laughs> Right. 
Thanks for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. Follow all my shenanigans at meetmeganbryant.com. And remember, we don't have to be a big deal to do big things. <laughs>